around the lens. This isn't a flash. I'm David J. Murphy. And I'm Travis Keyes. And to continue the conversation or learn more about the stories we talk about today, go to AroundTheLens.com. With that being said, let's get into the news. The top stories of 2020, according to Petapixel. So Petapixel, of course, is one of the biggest websites on the internet when it comes to talking about photo news. And the authors and website practitioners decide to categorize their top 10 stories of 2020. I think uh, wildlife stories were the most notable. If you look at the entire list, there's like three or four that are wildlife specific, like best wildlife photos of 2020 or, you know, woman has interaction with bear. So uh, there's a trend if you're looking for one. If you're looking to get like a new channel, wildlife and photography. There you go. Um, beside that, though, the story that most attracted my attention was number three, which was about the Lady Gaga using a Shutterstock image on her Instagram watermark. It, it's it's kind of sad, honestly, that a multimillionaire can't pay the licensing fee for a stock image, you know, and they have to use the one with the watermark on it. I honestly hate this kind of thing. Whenever I see someone use watermarked imagery, in like a YouTube video or on their website or something like that, I actually contact that stock image house and essentially dime them out. It's totally unacceptable in my opinion. What are your thoughts about that story and, and others on this list, Travis? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was funny that you, you brought to my attention. I didn't kind of uh, put two and two together until you said it, uh, all the animal stories. And I'm thinking, well, with COVID, maybe everybody's just out there shooting nature this year, and that's why we had so many animal stories. But uh, to see the uh, the Lady Gaga one... Um, yeah, of course you never want to see someone uh, doing something like that. But I also tend to think someone that is that big, they probably don't even realize what's going on their Instagram or something like that. And they probably it was one of their crew that did it, and uh, she had to follow up on the on the back end yeah. because I doubt she's posting to her own site every day and, and stuff like that. She has a whole team that does her, her social media and stuff like that. So unfortunately, uh, it's usually the people behind the scenes making those poor decisions. It could be, or it could also be just general ignorance of copyright law and whatnot. I mean, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. think that coming from someone who actually creates content, but you know, people have generally just degraded the overall how do you say cost or value of photography to such a degree that you know just grabbing someone's image off a stock image house what's the big deal and the other thing the way people justify it to themselves what i've heard is that oh well the you know the the, well the watermark advertises the image house so now lady gaga has just you know advertised this image house to her millions of followers so obviously they're getting value of it yeah, great. Okay, yeah. they are. And it's and the ultimate irony is that uh, you know, it's a post criticizing music pirating with a pirated photo, which is the most right. ironic thing of the whole it thing. It is, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's very very silly. Uh, were there any stories that kind of jumped out to you from this ten, top 10 list that were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that one or you know, that one was pretty I, I I definitely remember, you know, at, you know, obviously, you know, through all the reddits and stuff like that. I remember the the looking at the video of the woman with her iPhone getting out and trying to take a picture of the, the, the bear, which, um, you know, you always kind of go like, you know, it used to be like uh, the train photos, yeah. you know, like, oh, no, another person on the train tracks, you know, but now it's, you know, another stupid person falling off a cliff getting a selfie or, you know, trying to pick a picture with a, uh, a dangerous wildlife animal. It's like uh, stupidity never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> All right, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I wonder what this year will bring us you know what will bring out to us is sort of the stupidity of people 
and sort of nature. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping it brings back more to uh, you know to photographing people and not uh, nature. Although I love nature, yeah. But uh, you know, I, the, off the the number three, you know, I, it, actually it was number four, the, the Petapixel, the Lady Gaga on the copyright. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, the that whole thing about that is uh, is another part of the news, which is uh, very big. So. Rewinding back to the Lady Gaga copyright thing, uh, we've had a big major success uh, as photographers in small claims uh, for the the Case Act. Yeah. And the Case Act is something that a lot of our organizations in New York have been lobbying for. Uh, mine, as well as you know, AP, APA, as well as uh, ASMPA, MNPAPA, all these all these PA people, mm-hmm. photography associations have been fighting for this, and it just became law where now that. Uh, you don't have to hire a huge uh, copyright attorney. You can actually go to what is basically boils down to a small claims court for uh, copyright for photographers. So you can go in, and if your uh, art uh, or you know art or photo has been uh, misused, you can go to a small claims court. And there's I think three judges that are, are experts in copyright law that yeah. will help you in this, and you can file a claim. And I think it's uh, up to thirty thousand dollars per uh, two incidents or. And uh, that's if it's copyrighted. It's fifteen thousand if it's non-copyrighted. But so make sure you always copyright your work. Oh, yeah. But at least there's a you know people that you know, that can't afford you know that copyright lawyer can actually have a small claims court to go out and actually fight these, which is a huge thing for a lot of people that can't afford that. What do you think about? Uh, do you copyright your work? Or? I should, but I don't. Um, mostly yeah. just because it's most of the stuff I shoot nowadays. You know, for my personal per is for my personal use, and it's just mostly family stuff. So no one's really coming down and coming after my stuff. Um, but if I was working professionally, if I was, you know, doing more visual journalism and whatnot on a daily, regular basis, I would absolutely build the copywriting procedure into my workflow. I know that the copyright office has made it more difficult to copyright large bats, batches of imagery. It used to be very simple. You basically just could send, like, I think, a limited number of photos, and, and they would just copyright them all at one time. But now I think it's it's more more costly you can't send as many at the same time I, honestly not 100 percent um on top of yeah it. the process is not as streamlined as right. it, it once was and it, you know i think it's like 700 images mm-hmm. for, for per filing fee and you have to you know fill out a proper form and, yeah. and it's very complicated and if you don't do it the right way then they don't tell you it wasn't kicked back but they can't keep the money so you, you still need to do it and there's some services online that will help you with it uh, that uh, are easy to use and but uh, it's still worth it otherwise you know lady gaga might use your image and yeah, you might not no, get right. credit <laughs> I would think, you know, with like these stock image houses, especially for non-journalism type editorial content, you know, that's easy to copyright. There's no like, again, with the, like when you're doing the photojournalism constantly on man on the street type stuff, there's a very short turnaround time from the time you shoot something to the time it gets published. So getting it like copywritten in that amount of time might not be feasible, but, you know, eventually you get it copywritten. But something like this, it's a stock image house. It's been a, you know, a, a setup. Uh, image that's been shot in a studio that's pretty easy to get copywritten so yeah i think this case this this new case act would have been perfect for something like this because relatively easy to take you know someone like lady gaga to small claims court you don't have to worry about hiring an army of lawyers which they can do and you can't so uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm excited for this new case i i did hear other sort of entities online talking about it as sort of a negative saying basically like oh this affects independent news creators and stuff and fair use and all that stuff and it's like well you know i bet there are a lot of folks online who are misusing things under the guise of fair use and now if you're a photographer at least you've got a course of action which you can take you know this this is a win for the little guy in my opinion so yeah i'm glad to see it passed 
And, yeah. you know, uh, this is a great step in 2021. And there's a lot of awesome stuff coming out in 2021. A lot of new cameras, a lot of new gear. Uh, very exciting. You know, 2020 was pretty awesome. And despite uh, everything horrible that happened with regard to COVID and lockdowns and everything, tech still moved forward. Tech still came out, which was great because it kind of took all our minds off the collective horribleness that was 2020. Uh, but there's a lot of great stuff to look forward to in 2021. Sony has uh, two new cameras that, you know, we keep hearing about, you know, rumored. I don't know what or if you can talk about any of the Travis, but, you know, the A7R4 could potentially be coming down the pipe. And then the A9 Mark II, um, those are two massive cameras that'll definitely change the space. Uh, Canon has some massive megapixel cameras we've talked about in the past coming out. Uh, Nikon, well, they're going to move their production to China. So there's that. Uh, what do you think we'll, we've got uh, coming up down the line for 2021, Travis? It sounds like it's going to be a big, exciting year. And I know, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think it's kind of crazy that uh, they're really focusing on these bigger megapixel sensors, which, you know, most people, even, you know, people in journalism don't need that. Um, no. uh, and people are really kind of fighting. You know, it's like now the rumor mill has, you know, the Sony's going to incorporate their 102 megapixel sensor into one of these cameras. And it looks like maybe possibly three or four cameras that might come out from Sony. Yeah. Uh, the, you, you said the A7, uh, you know, uh, R4 yeah. and the A7 IV uh, is also oh. another one and the A9 III. Yeah. So there's three three cameras there. Uh, the, the one I would say is probably most distant is the A7 R4. Okay. Uh, but uh, the A9 III is probably... Look, the one that and the uh, A74 are the ones that'll probably come down on the pike first, um, and you know they're they're interesting. You have you know uh, you know another it, it's it, you wouldn't have expected it, but it seems like Canon uh, did a really great job with their their R5, uh, the R5, yeah. and uh, and it seems like that uh, you know for the first time Sony's going oh we need to kind of catch up to that one. Uh, so um, you know it's it, it's a wild time, and I think I think next year we. Well, we have CES coming up, which is you know going to be a virtual online this year. Okay. So we're going to be able to actually all of us that. visit CES and kind of jump into that yeah. and see what's going on. That's coming up in about a week or so. Okay. And uh, I think AI is going to be the big one this year. Yeah. I think uh, AI assistance and AI stuff is going to be. We're going to see lots of robotics and AI this year. I think that's going to be the big trends this year. Yeah, I think that and probably stuff related to you know how we're dealing with COVID, like new technology or whatnot that kind of responds to the way we're living. You know, maybe. You know, we'll see what comes out. But I think you know, you're going to see perhaps a shift in some of the stuff that is announced because it will relate to you know, what we're doing today. Because there's so much flash-in-the-pan technology uh, announced at CES. Some of it becomes vaporware and never comes out, but some of it does come out. So I think we'll see some of that, you know, again, responding to how we live our lives today. So maybe less yeah. focus on 8K TVs and more focus on perhaps machines that, you know, um, decontaminize the air you know they clean up the air or something like that or you know cleaning surfaces i don't know i don't know that would be interesting to see i know the one thing i'd like to see i mean fuji's uh, rumored to come out with another version of their one their gfx 100 uh, which is going to be a little smaller and uh and it'll probably be a little faster but uh i'm I'm actually excited about that i think uh you know we're we're kind of running on the cusp of how much more can they do for the 35 mirror list and stuff like that they're 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 amazing systems Mm -hmm. already and now they're just little tweaks but uh medium medium format and that sensor i think is a, a realm that uh fuji's kind of smart to go into and uh no one else is really kind of doing that uh, other than the, the big ones like Hasselblad or phase one or something like that so i think they're in a market that's really good and and the look of medium format is just beautiful so uh yeah. I, you know i would love to see them to uh really make that a little more accessible for people and bring down the prices of some of the lenses because it's quite expensive to get into the medium format lenses and all that yeah i have to play with a gxf 
400 GFX 400 and or 100 I should say that thing oh the 100 yeah that thing Woo, man that's a massive camera that's a big boy uh, that, that was fun to play with. I played that with that uh, event in 2019, and it was. Just, nice. uh, I have the 50. I have the 50. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's a great camera, and you know, I'm really excited to see what the next 8K camera will be. You know, obviously Canon sort of made the first step in that direction. It wasn't the perfect implementation of 8K. Obviously, we all joked yeah. and had fun about at their expense with regard to overheating, and but somebody's got to jump into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what they did. Yeah. I think Sony. Uh, could you know from the rumors right Sony with their A9 could be the one to be the next 8k monster and, and potentially solve the overheating issue I'm excited to see if Panasonic responds um, I doubt they're going to put any more investment in their micro four-thirds line but but this could be the year where they come out with a response to the R5 that perhaps they will take 8k maybe do 8k 60 you know that's the next obviously. Yeah step you know ak120 ak240 it's just everything iterates over time so if uh, perhaps panasonic surprises the world and comes out with like an 8k60 micro four thirds gh6 camera uh then we'll all be talking about that but yeah, yeah. definitely some great stuff coming out in the new year yeah speaking out one of the new things that I, recently in one of the uh, i saw in an article there's a french startup that's coming out with a curved mm-hmm. cmos sensor yeah. uh, for cameras which is really interesting i know uh back in 2014 sony was playing with some curved sensors but this french startup is saying that they're ready for mass production and the interesting about that is the curved sensor mimics more what our the way our eye actually kind of deals with light and, and the way we see so it's going to change the way the lenses are and actually probably be able to you know, deal with a bunch of kind of new tech and, and uh, the way that they're creating. It's going to actually reduce the elements that are needed in a lens to wow. and maybe make it a lot better. And, and actually the way, you know, we're, the, we're using these cameras, it might be, might be some better images. So it's, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, you combine that with, you know, these full-frame mirrorless cameras that have the, the shorter, um, you know, they don't need the mirror, right? So they have the shorter sort of flange distance, and they've been able to do so much innovation with that. I think you combine that with a curved sensor. I mean, who knows? You could have like a a flat pancake lens that's seventy two hundred or something crazy like that. You know, or, or you know. Yeah, I think it'll it'll make for lighter and smaller and uh, faster lenses, which is really exciting. Yeah, no, I mean anything to make the overall camera kit lighter. I'm all for it. You know, going from micro four thirds yeah. back to full frame. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is what full frame cameras feel like again. So, um, yeah, if we can get the next generation, but you know, I mean, that would probably be in the next. Probably won't see that for three, four, five years, right? I mean, this is just a new innovation that's coming out right now. Or do you think we'll see this sooner than that? Maybe in phones. I think it's yeah, that's a good a good point. In the phones, as possible. Uh, you know, you never know. I mean, if, if things take off, it could you know be in you know I, I, certainly by twenty twenty two. I think. Yeah. Well, will we yeah. see it? Will we won't? We can talk about the Canon uh, them replacing the shutter button potentially. There was a recent patent filing. Uh, that shows a Canon camera without a shutter button, and in its place is instead is a touch sensor. Um, this patent projects as having the shutter button free camera, and essentially what it would do is replace that area with a touch sensitive area that could be, you know, you could have to feedback, or you could do maybe moving around the sensor and actually move your focus point. There's a lot of potential options with a sort of buttonless camera obviously the the best of which would be the better waterproofing right because you know the 
there's a potential ingress of water at that shutter button right. point. You know, what we've seen with Apple trying to reduce as many buttons as possible. You know, it's that same thing, trying to essentially close in the camera, make it more water resistant and waterproof. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about this potential innovation. You know, it feels like almost a little unnecessary to me. It's like, how about you just include a touch sensor in the button itself, you know? But I don't know. What do you think about this, Travis? you think this is the future? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel the same with you. It almost feels like a new Coke kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, why are you messing with the old Coke? Yeah. You know, it's like, but uh, it, it's, I think there's something about, you know, and maybe it's a nostalgic thing. And, you know, it's, it's if you were if you were born without a shutter button, you know, you'd never even think twice about it. But mm-hmm. for us, that, that tactile, tactile feeling of actually pull it, pressing that shutter button and feeling it on your finger and feeling it shut, you know, click and go down. That's, that's part of the photography. And it's, you know, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy to think of it not being there. Yeah. I do like the idea of being able to combine it into moving around my focus uh, point. Yeah. That's kind of actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, but they could, they could do that. Uh, like you said, into the the button, you know, that exists now, but uh, we'll see. It's one of those things like, you know, until I actually try it, I'm not going to quite, say oh this is crazy yeah yeah because i might i might love it i might be like oh this is so much better but if you don't have that tactile haptic feeling of pressing down it's gonna feel really weird yeah i don't know how they're gonna do like the half you know i'm so used to the half button press to focus right you know it's like yeah even with haptic feedbacks like i don't even know how that would work that would be weird to me i think you'd have to have some sort of pressure response capability even in a button I, I don't know i don't know I'm i don't not, know we might have to pick up one of the new sony playstation 5s and see what they did with their hey, controllers because hey. people are loving their controllers so yeah. maybe there's some something in that well <laughs> those are actual buttons and triggers and whatnot. <laughs> uh, so but there's some haptic on the middle pad now they say it's is quite there? good oh okay yeah I, I mean, the haptic i know of most of all is you know like max right they remove the right. button and yeah. that feels wonderful under your hands, but then again, you're only talking about the single button press, which right? is pretty wild. When they say the haptic on that middle p- pad, when you press it, it feels like it's clicking, but they're actually telling you it's not clicking, right. which kind of blew my mind. Which because I'm like, wait, it's not what? Yeah. <laughs> no, it feels exactly like you're clicking. It's, there's no difference. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean that's it's uh, it's a it's a crazy thing, you know, and and I think you know it's always fun to see what they're going to do, and I, I'm happy to do it. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens with it. I know in another story, uh, I don't, you're, you're a drone person like I'm a drone yeah. person. It seems that DJ, DJI is having some, uh, you know, these, some issues with the U.S. and, and, and found itself on the economic blacklist, mm. which means uh, we're not allowed to kind of send them parts and kind of stuff like that. Really? And, uh, wow. We'll see if, if uh, prices go up on these, you know, and uh, scarcity comes yeah. up. I don't know what's going to happen, and it's kind of up in the air, and it kind of goes up and down. And uh, But uh, we certainly know that uh, there's been some, uh, you know, foul play in terms of the the uh chinese companies kind of yeah. throwing in stuff that spies on us and from tvs to uh to uh drones so uh what do you think about that i know it, it first started with military banned from using any dj or right. china drone products yep. and now it's kind of seemed to have gone a little further uh what are your thoughts yeah it's it's sad really because i mean i think dji makes such great drones you know it's it's like we're we're missing out. We're going to maybe miss out potentially on future innovations from them in the drone marketplace. And really none of the other companies that make drones can touch them with regard to the level yeah. of quality that they produce. So it's sad. But on the other hand, China does have some very aggressive stances on technology and the way that companies who work in China have to essentially kowtow to the Chinese government with regard to their 
you know, essentially giving them information. I mean, the Communist Party is doing this to themselves by essentially yeah. saying every technology company, you know, per their charter or their constitution or whatever, is essentially beholden to the Chinese government. So when you make that declaration, you know, the company, DGI, can say, oh, no, we don't, we don't, we're not part of the Communist Party, we don't do this. We, it doesn't matter because per China's governing laws, you and all technology companies, all companies are beholden to them. And you can say up and down every day, we don't work with them and we're, you know, we're clear and transparent. But at the end of the day, the government can come in and see your records and do whatever they want. And, you know, if you have surveillance, if every single DJI camera has been sending, you know, their footage back to the, the home server, the Chinese government can look at that. So that's something that the U.S. has to take into account when considering if they're going to buy uh, equipment from China or equipment from DJI. Now, for you and me and the average droner who's going out and just getting cool footage from their vacation in Hawaii or something like that, it doesn't matter, right? Hey, we'd be happy for more viewers. Um, but, you know, for, again, for government purposes, for, you know, official things where, you know, there may be more sensitive documentation of areas or things, you kind of have to be you know, more cognizant of that. But I am yeah. glad there are other alternatives. This this story you brought up did list those. So Parrot, I think, is pretty cool, and some of the yeah. other ones. So glad to see those oh, are out see, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of you know, interesting drones out there, so hopefully they pick up the mantle. But uh, we'll see. For, for now, they they are available, and uh, you can still get them, but we'll see uh, how the effect uh, the, you know, has it. Yeah, hopefully we won't see the, the next generation um, going down the line, but you know, talking about Chinese manufacturing, Nikon is halting their camera production in Japan. Uh, what's what that's Travis? Well, that's kind of wild. I mean, here's a company that uh, you know it, it has you know prided itself in in being a camera company that's uh, for its inception is you know produced its cameras in Japan, and now yeah. you know to stay competitive, they're they're having some problems. They're they're not as diverse as say Canon is that makes you know from printers to medical equipment to stuff like that uh, of these other companies. So when they get hurt in the, in the camera market, they really get hurt. So yeah. I think to stay competitive, they finally said uh, we're closing down our Japanese uh, uh, factories and we're not going to produce the cameras here anymore. And they're they're moving the to their to exclusively make them in in Thailand. Uh, so that the they'll be making these uh, cameras in Thailand. And I know some people say, oh, this is the end of Nikon or thing. I don't think it's the end. And certainly we know five million other companies from Apple that all source their, you know, uh, you know, products being made in foreign countries. And so uh, people are saying maybe the standards will go down because they're not as, as rigid as, as Japan and like right. that. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously there's already currently Nikon cameras that have been made in Thailand and people have been using them with no problem. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's, I think it's sad that... Uh, uh, a company's heritage and you know I, yeah. I forget how many years i think it's 70 years that they've been making them time. in japan yeah. and then finally that uh, that that has to close down that's that's kind of, so that's sad it is and you know with regard to the quality production i think you know we we so much of what we produce is manufactured in china and you're not hearing about massive horrible production excuse me production issues like of the iphone or our video game systems you know i think so I think that kind of concept is a little bit overblown. I think Nikon will be just fine with their equipment. And but yeah, it, it is sad. You know, it is sad when you know something that's been so strongly tied, you know, nationally tied to a, you know, production goes overseas. You know, but it's yeah. the same thing we've seen in America. So many American brands and products went overseas when it was able to because of the just cheaper manufacturing, you know, capability and yeah. process. So. But, yeah, we'll see how this pans out in Nikon's future. Obviously, they have a lot of other issues going on. 
uh, with their cameras and production. But if we start seeing, you know, next year and the year after that, you know, more cameras are coming up with flaws or faults, we'll know why. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously uh, Nikon's very concerned of restructuring and, uh, you know, their, their bottom end. Yeah. So hopefully that uh, we'll see that they, they survive and keep, uh, you know, pushing out. There's there's a lot of people that love and, and shoot Nikon, so we'd hate to see them have to switch to another great company like Sony. Or Canon. <laughs> or Canon. Or Panasonic. Or Fuji. Or Panasonic. Yeah. But definitely yeah. not Olympus. I, I think... Forget Olympus, no. I know. Uh-huh. Poor Olympus, too. Yep. Yeah, that's another company that's been falling on hard times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, in the general larger aspect of the economy, hopefully things improve now that the vaccine is out and being distributed. You know, uh, I don't know. Do you do you plan? Do you have know when you might be getting the vaccine yourself, Travis? Is that on your roadmap? It seems the rollout here just does not seem like it's uh, anytime close in the future. I, certainly, you know, you know, people that are, you should be getting it aren't getting it right now. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, it. it that uh, you know, with the new administration, that, uh, that you know, it, it uh, we figure out how to, uh, you know, get people the the vaccine. Uh, I think you know, I it, it would be great to get it all out to the you know first responders and the health people and everybody at high risk right now. Uh, I know elderly people are, are having a tough time even trying to figure out how they can get it. And the wait list now are you know till February March. You know, so you know, even if you're above that seventy range, you know, it's almost impossible to figure out how you're going to get vaccinated. Yeah. And uh, it's been it's been very kind of tough. And I know they by they originally said they wanted to get twenty million people vaccinated by you know. Uh, first of January and it looked like it was only two or three million that got vaccinated. So hopefully we can figure this out and get it out to people and, and really raise the, you know, that, uh, I don't want to say herd immunity because, you know, it's going to take forever to get that, but uh, hopefully we can get it out there and resume to some sort of normalcy quickly because I'm I'm missing going out and shooting people and events and and, uh, travel and stuff like that. So I'm hoping at some point uh, later this year, we get back to some sense of normalcy because I I miss it. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, we're going back to the States this summer and, Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, we'll get vaccinated around the February, March time frame. But, you know, we'll see about that. That's all based on the amount of doses that we get out here in Korea. And, right. you know, my biggest thing is like, you know, I think we'll start to see a, a, a slight return to normal this summer as more and more people get vaccinated. I'm I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, we can get that kind of one million doses a day and, you know, there'll be some progress. But, yeah, I don't I don't really see a true return to a sense of semblance of normalcy until 2022 at the earliest. So Yeah, it seems like that might be the case. You know, that's why I got my HBO Max subscription so I can watch all the first run movies <clears throat> as they come out. Right, right. Despite Although their quality. I was very I was very disappointed with Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> You know, I looked at the I looked at it as the silly, goofy superhero movie it was. You know, so I wasn't it wasn't exactly like high art cinema. Uh, I wasn't expecting much, and it didn't it met my expectations. So I was really expecting nothing, and I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, but I think it's going to be an exciting year, a very exciting year. I think we're going to have some fun cameras coming out and a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, uh, it's, it should be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting year of this show and in a flash. Yeah. Uh, so please keep on tuning in each week and let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you like the topics we're talking about. Let us know if the topics we should be talking about. And let us know your opinions on the topics we talked about on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all that, which you can, again, find on AroundTheLens.com. Uh, Travis, anything else to that before we sign off? No, I'm looking forward to what we discuss next week, which, you know, there's always new news. So uh... We'll see you on the next episode. This has been Around the Lens in the Flash. I'm David J. Murphy. And I'm Travis Keys. And we're bouncing. <laughs> <laughs>